Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Allen. I'm here. You are, buddy. That's Thank right. you for being here. It'd be pretty lonely if you weren't. Well, you know, I miss you too, brother. But <laughs> yeah. well, no, man, I'm excited to be back in here. Got another show we're gonna about, about to put down, and you know, as we were talking about topics and things like that, we look back at something that we had talked about a while back about uh, discussing, and I'd written an article in Faith Magazine back in March about here, a local magazine in, in Memphis, and you know, just kind of started thinking about you it. You kind of cut it out and framed it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I do. You I mean, know, I put you know, them all right above my bed and in my car. Well, I like to see all Remind me to get you mine autographed for, so I can put it on my wall. There you go, yeah, there you go. Right. Well, I think you'd be the only person that may have uh, read hey, it. So. It's going to it's gonna be value to it one day. There you go, there you go. Yeah. But no, I wanted to talk about loneliness. You know, we, we talk about all these sicknesses and diseases and, and things that go on in life. You know, obviously there's things like cancer and you know, very serious diseases that can affect how long our life is. You know prolonged or not and and just our overall health but there, i don't know that there's there, there's one that we never talk about and that's loneliness it's a it really is an epidemic in our culture today you know i, I don't want to make light of cancer or anything else by saying that i just mean this is one and it's so deadly because it's a silent killer mm-hmm. right there's so many people out there that are lonely and it's you know when you think about being lonely you think about the guy in high school like you know like the nerdy guy that was staying in a corner and got made fun of or or was always picked on and things like that but you, <laughs> Deacon Jeff's pointing to himself. Volunteered himself. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, but you know, that's the image we have in our mind, like the movie role of the guy that's sort of the Peter Parker before he becomes Spider-Man sure, kind of guy. Yeah. And that that's not just the truth anymore. I mean, there's, you know, I was reading a study the other day from uh, Newsweek that said three out of four Americans claim to be lonely. And you think about that, they interview people that were married, people with kids, people with plenty of friends. And so you wonder about that. Like, how can you have all these things uh, and yeah, be lonely? Three-fourths of society. I mean, why? Yeah. You know, we're, we're so close in the sense of calling each other and texting each other. And, you know, technology has brought us closer. But, but I guess apparently it, it's brought us further apart as well in some form. Well, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think that, you know, texting and emailing and social media has replaced actually a phone call and, and taking time out of your busy schedule to actually spend with somebody else and be present and be in a relationship. Uh, we've gone to where it's just easy. You can multitask, right? You can email this guy while you're talking to that guy and text this guy while you're doing this, you know? And so we've replaced that relationship seeking or and investing that, time with yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. Right. That that being a gift in someone's mm-hmm. life, like we've talked about so much with convenience. And you know, about social media, you know, we're more connected in this world than we've ever been, yet their people are claiming they're lonelier than they've ever been. And that's something we should look at. I mean, even even the word share, you know, I was writing that article, I put that in there about the word share when you're sharing something on, on, on social media. That That's funny, it should just be called posting because you're not really sharing anything. If you look at 90% of what's out there. Could be bragging too. Right, yeah. Brag, just right? brag. Or present, <laughs> just a lot of people are presenting things right. that just aren't true about their lives. Like. You know, the token Christmas picture where you got six kids and the mom and dad all wearing that same elf suit and they're smiling and hey, looking like everything. Wrong with that. <laughs> I Come on, man. You didn't have to out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, honestly, you, you see this picture with these bright smiles and all these faces and you're like, wow, that must be the happiest family ever. But 
you're really not fooling anybody because everybody knows for 30 minutes before that picture they were screaming and yelling and if you don't get in here that you're going to lose this privilege and blah, 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 blah. And But I think we get caught up in that and we start, there can be almost a, a different side of, of loneliness. You know, we, like I said before, we think of just that, that person that's off by themselves and that's a huge part of it too. I don't want to dismiss that. But there's also a lot of loneliness just in people that are surrounded by plenty of people that they love and people in their life. And that's more of a discrepancy between like what I want and what I have and what I want, right? Like we can look at those things on Facebook and say, yeah, I've got this and I've got that and I've got this, but I'd really like to have that, you know, like I don't have that. So that makes me depressed and that makes me feel not as worthy. And now I'm feeling lonely and it's a different take on loneliness, but yet it's part of that survey was talking about that, that that's a huge part of people looking at actual versus desire, you know, what I have versus what I want, you know, and, and that's the reason why people can be married and have friends and all this and then still surprisingly tell people I'm lonely. I mean, you and I have heard that so many times in our men's group. You walk in and you've you seen these guys, these guys that have been in our parish and when you see them out in the, you know, mingling or, in, you know, uh, in, in conversation with people around the parish, they're always smiling and they look so happy and looks like everything's perfect and then they come in that room and one of the things they say is I am lonely. Like, I don't have anyone in my life. I've got my wife and my kids and I love them but I don't have... I'm just, I'm so lonely. I'm so depressed. I'm so this. And so today I really wanted to talk about that because, you know, there's a quote from Mother Teresa and it really struck me is is what we're talking about today is this loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. You know, read read that one more time. It says loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most Mm. terrible poverty. Feeling of being wanted. Yeah. Now this, this is the woman that spent, I mean, years of her life in the gutter with people that had nothing. And she's talking about the worst kind of poverty you can have is the poverty of feeling unwanted. And that's what is just, I think, is eating away at our society under the veil of everything's fine, everything's happy, I'm, we're good, everything's great. And we're isolating, and as we've talked about before, that's when we know the devil can attack us. Yeah. Well, I mean, that the quote you just said about Mother Teresa, I mean, and she, like you said, she spent her life going out and, and pulling people near death into that from the gutter, who were called the um, untouchables, you mm-hmm. know, the caste society of, of India. And uh, so she brought them in to her place, her hospital, healed them, bathed them, cleaned them, you know, and, and she was credited with, uh, like, evangelizing 15,000 men, Only I guess they didn't count the women, but they said men, to come to, to the Catholicism, you know, mm-hmm. from Hindu to Catholicism. And someone asked her, how'd you do that? She goes, I didn't do anything, I just took care of them and they came in and says are you like jesus and she goes no but i try to be like him mm-hmm. you know and so she brought a community to people who were outsiders yeah and no, that's the gift well and that's that's the thing you know it, like we talked about a few minutes ago this the devil wants to isolate us and what is it what does he do by that one he separates us from contact with others but two he separates us from the desire to serve god and the desire to, to serve others and, you know, I'll read a quote in a little bit on that from Fulton Sheen, but it goes back to Genesis 2.18. And I know this is in the context of husband and wife, but, you know, God says it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And we could feel that loneliness when when we allow ourselves to move away from our faith, from others, all of those things. We were made for community. I mean, even if you do look in the text context of man and wife, our bodies were even meant to fit and commune together. We're not meant to walk through life alone. And there's so many people struggling out there doing that. And um, so what we have to realize is 
is when the devil is trying to pull us away. And it's so, it's so easy in this day because we're so busy and everybody wants a piece of something of you all the time. And so a lot of our natural response is to pull back and to, to go into this sort of cocoon and, and, and sort of live there and hide there. But that's where the devil works. That's where you become comfortable in that. And I, you know, I can share, obviously we've talked about it a bunch of times with my struggles with addictions and things, but I know full well what it, what it means to be lonely and, and the consequences of that. Just to feel like you don't know your purpose and your place and where you fit in the world and how easily that loneliness can turn to depression and being surrounded by money and a beautiful wife and children and anything you wanted and needed and yet be in the midst of this turmoil and torment in your heart that no one sees. And so I began to medicate with alcohol and drugs and everything else thinking, well, at least this makes me feel better for this time. But that loneliness was always there. And the only time that it ever got better, the, the day that it got better, like through the arrest and the being in jail and all of that, my life and my loneliness started to go away when I started to seek God in my life again. When I realized I am so broken, I'm at my wits end, I'm, I don't know what to do, I turned to God and, and then He began to grace me in my life with love and with a purpose and with just, just being there for me. He was there when, when, quite frankly, no one else was or needed. I, I didn't deserve a lot of people to be at that time, but he was there for me when, when no one else would be. And we developed this relationship. And then I look at what he did. Like when I went, I had a trouble today dealing with this, this topic of loneliness because I'm not in a place right now where I'm really experiencing that because of what's going on in my life with, um, with you know, just my growth and relationship with the Lord. But look what he did with that. Like he took that and he said, okay, go start a men's group. And I did. And then what happened from that? You came into my life with your wife. You know, David came into my life with his wife, Nick and Amy, uh, Bish and Julie, Deacon Jeff and Bess, all these, Tom, Dorian, and Cindy, all these people that God has just said, okay, like you found me and that's going to heal a lot of that wound in your heart and I'm going to surround you with community. And as we look through the history of the church, every person that's almost said yes to God has been surrounded by people. The disciples had one another. You know, the first communities in the church had communities. They weren't individual people worshiping God by themselves and trying to do it alone. They were surrounded by others. And all of that comes as a grace that God gives us that if we're willing to give him our life and we're willing to give him our yes, then he's going to give us the things that we need in our life. And he's going to do whatever he can to pour out his grace to make sure that we're not experiencing that loneliness that the devil so desires for us to feel. Right. And you hit on two points where you were talking about, like, one, God gave you love and purpose and also... You, you got to the point where you were assessing friendships. Were they profitable? Were mm-hmm. they beneficial? I mean, a lot of us had in the past had friendships or people we hung out with, social groups, that maybe were not the best for us. Sure. But yet we were part of it because we've just been a part with the ball of time. You know, and I think we have to kind of take inventory of, of how beneficial is this friendship? Is it self-serving or is, it, or is the other person using me, you know? It may not be that at all. Maybe where you guys are, are close, but you never broken down the barriers of talking honestly to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think God helps break that down for you to kind of figure out, okay, who is going to help me in my darkest need, deepest need? Mm-hmm. You know, and you found that out. You said your story before about all your, your guys you went through the college, you know, who were supposed to be brothers and, you know, reach each other's hands and pull them up. You know, as they say, when you're going through bloodship brother for life right mm-hmm. now some may have been able to be there but you said a lot of the others disappointed because they weren't in a place to help themselves oh, that was the loneliest feeling i've right. ever had in my life sitting in that 
prison cell with a one phone call, the time ticking down and nobody answering the phone. Right. And, and previous to that, I was surrounded by tons of people. You know, I had all the Facebook friends. I had all the live friends. I had all that. And yet, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. It wasn't true friendship. And, and we know very well that, that society today, we've had our masks taken off. We have the blinders taken off. And we see that, that there's all these people walking around out there like everything's okay and everything's all right and it's not. And putting up this false bravado and the stress and the loneliness and the anxiety and all those things that, that weight carries. We weren't made to carry that weight. And we've talked about being vulnerable and how important that is because when we're not vulnerable, when we sit here and we put up this facade, then, uh, and notice I didn't say facade. <laughs> That's a facade. Facade. But, uh, <laughs> but when we put up that, we, we put this unnecessary weight on ourselves and we go searching for the things, not that we have, but that we don't have. And we tell people, like, we tell ourselves, well, I don't have that, I don't have this, I don't have that. And you know, one of the, and what happens there is we, we pull back. We start to, even though we're surrounded by our family, we're sitting there um, alone. Like Bill Donahue, he sent me a picture today. I was talking about this with him for a minute. And it was this picture of this cartoon character. And she was taking a selfie of herself. And the selfie was like one half of her face was on the camera screen and the other one was real life. And the one in real life was haggard and destroyed and nasty looking and horrible. And the one on the camera looked like a model. And it's just, it goes to show what I'm talking about here. Like we put on this fa- this front that everything's fine and that, that, that we don't need anything or anybody. But the truth is there were three out of four people on that survey are walking around broken and lonely and they don't understand why. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Everything we do in here always goes back to our relationship with God. And that's what uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen says in this quote. He says, the basic reason for loneliness is that man today has divorced himself from both love of God and love of neighbor. Mm. And that's what we're talking about. He's yeah. saying divorce, that separation, you know, that that you've pulled away from me, maybe maybe on purpose, but most of the time unwittingly, we get distracted and drawn away by the by the sirens of the world, you know, the 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 flute of the sirens or whatever. Right, right. And, and we abandon God most of the times without even really paying attention or meaning to. And then we also pull back from other people. And that's when we get in that danger zone of when the devil just says, okay, like now you're mine. Like you're not, I can keep you away. I can destroy your life. And that's why you see so many people that are hurting. You know, you look at these school shootings and things and you go, you know, people say, well, I, I never would have seen that from him. I never, it was just the other day he was talking about how happy he was. And then a guy goes in and shoots up a school or a guy takes his life you know, um, or, or leaves his wife in a divorce out of the blue. Um, all of these things is because we hide this. We go to that place of isolation and, and it begins by pulling out of our relationship with God. And so when you say pulling ourselves, divorcing from God, um, obviously that's, like you said, it could be a personal choice of pain and like say, for instance, loss of a child. You know, I worked yeah. at a hospital, your same hospital your wife worked at, you know, works at now, but I worked at a hospital where it was, you know, uh, uh, cancer research. And when you see little kids, you know, passing away through cancer and, and medical science doing everything they possibly can to save that life, there's going to be parents who are going to have sorrow, you know, and there's going to be some who are okay with it in the sense of, God's will is God's will, and others who take it a long time for them to have resolve to, towards it. And and I understand that. God mm-hmm. understands that. Because a lot of things we can't answer as to why we, we get ourselves so far from God. But there has to be a time we have to come back to Him. 
mm-hmm. you know because like you said if we isolate ourselves for so long we're going to get bitter we'll be angry we're going to be less than who we are you know sure. and, and and that's when like the enemy is very good at like saying now i got him you know mm-hmm. i got him now i, I isolate him along you know further enough long enough that way he won't ask for help well and that's why you see such a dramatic change in people when they turn around they find god because when you're lonely when you're isolated you're depressed like that affects your whole body like that physically like i get like that sometimes where i'm just something hits me and my whole i just feel like i'm worthless and useless and i go from this feeling of joy and happiness to this just like i want to go get in the bed and crawl under the covers and and but you see the people that turn that corner and and they have that happiness that joy it's because they they found joy and purpose in their life when you're lonely and you're you're separated like that you don't have that you're just going through the motions of life and waiting for the next thing or you get that attitude of well i like this promotion but somebody else will probably get it like the eeyore of the world mm-hmm. right and and it's it's something that we all deal with and what i have found and what you have found and we've talked about in in this world is once we, we have we've come back to god that we he, he provides that community i mean that study group for me has been a life changer for me sure like i just i know that i have tons of people in my life now that i can call on that are there for me that care for me that truly love me that want the best for me that'll tell me the truth when i don't need to hear it i mean when i don't want to hear it um all of these things and that's born out of it's a right relationship right putting god first like we've talked about so many times and then he he graces us with that in our life and so for loneliness like we but the thing is we can't make the mistake of this we have our lives fixed we go off to this friend and we don't turn around and look for others behind us right so often the lonely feel already abandoned thrown away downtrodden sure uh you know like you said untouchable and and we've got to do a good job as christians is not forgetting where we were in our life and turning around and looking back and extending that arm backwards to the next brother the next sister to our children to whoever else is coming behind us um you know dorothy day i've got another quote here for her and she said we have all known the long loneliness and we have learned the only solution is love and that love comes with community and that's that's what god has built if we look back over the history of the church from the beginning from the resurrection onward he has sent people out to build community and to live in it. Right. You know, we look at it, and, and he doesn't want us to be alone. Even Jesus in the garden, he begged his disciples to be with him. He didn't want to be alone. And it goes back to that verse, it is not good for man to be alone. And so we have to remember that, and we have to look across the way. We have to get out of our own mind and see that person sitting in the pew at church that no one's spoken to, or that guy at work that seems to be the one nobody ever eats lunch with, or just and go out of our way to really do what the gospel calls us to to reach out to others and to be a light in their world that when they're lonely or they're mired down in a pretty dark place sure and what you just what you just said kind of wrong me back to a, a past memory because i mean there's a, a the churches can do just as much good as it can do damage to individuals you know and the thing is i say churches and people not in, in the sense of the body of christ mm-hmm. um because we, i think we got to differentiate that just a little bit because you know, I've been hurt with people in the church. You've been hurt, people mm-hmm. in church. I think everybody has been somewhat injured or afflicted by someone who was in the church. And I say this because some people know my story. You know, I, I left the Presbyterian faith. I was on track to be uh, ordained as a, a minister. And in that meeting, I, you know, I, I came to a crossroads of this is my orthodox faith, and it conflicted with a lot of interpretation of people in that room. I had to make a decision to 
to either change my message to fit them or to be str- true to my own beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so by being true to my own beliefs, I ended that, that path. You know, three years of you know, education and to walk out the door knowing that that wasn't going to be open anymore. Well, I was hurt by the church for, because of that. But yet, that, looking back on it, that hurt allowed me to become where I am now, to find the grace of a, a relationship and covenant relationship with others because of that, that closing of the door. Sure. And, and those who are listening to it right now, to our message, may have a summer experience like that to where someone in the church hurt them, and therefore they're blaming God for that, when really it's not that, it's that one person's need mm-hmm. to get back to get back to God and being honest with them and maybe ask forgiveness of that person or the person that they're injured if they wake up, you know, to realize that they did harm. Right. But we, you know, have, like you said, have to reach out across the aisle and help people who are there and need, you know, that community. And we also, if we're the ones that are, that are the lonely, that are hurting, that are, we have to not be better. I mean, I've gone to people before that I can tell something's bothering and they go, I don't need you over here. Why are you talking to me? Like, and we have to receive that as just, okay, that person's not in a place, sure. you know, not to be hurt by that. But, but, tried. but yeah. also, we have a responsibility that if we're going to feel this loneliness, if we're going to hurt over it, if we're going to complain about it, then when there's an opportunity that God presents to take that opportunity to step out of our comfort zone, to go to an invite to something, to do something that we don't want to do. Because the reason that you feel you don't want to do it is the devil gripping you with everything he has, trying to keep you where you are trying to keep you from stepping out because he knows if he goes in that group of men, chances are I'm going to lose them and I'm going to lose his kids. I'm going to lose his wife. And so if we are the ones that are lonely, we have to remember, we have to, we have to fight through that. We have to move forward and look at the opportunities that God has given us, but it all starts with God. And Padre Pio even says that in a quote I have here too. And every day when your heart especially feels the loneliness of life, pray, saying, always stay in communication with God. Yeah. And another verse that I found, and it was it was in Psalms, goes right along with that. It says, Father of the fatherless, defender of widows, God gives a home for the forsaken who leads prisoners out to prosperity. When you're lonely, you're, you're a prisoner. You're a prisoner of your own mind, of your own thoughts, of your own worries, your own fears, your anxieties, your misconceptions, all of those things. And we've talked about that before, the lies we believe. We're like our own warden. We have the power to let ourselves out but we also have the power to scourge ourselves and to keep ourselves in there. And so what we've got to do is remember, okay, this is an emotion. This is a feeling I can get out of this. I have to start by going to God and giving it to him and asking him for his help and for his grace and for his love. And that's the only way I can explain that I am where I am in my life right now with joy and happiness and peace and friendships and relationships because I was in that prison. Mine was a real one, but like an actual physical prison. But on releasing that and being with God, he, he opened up these doors and he put what was needed. If you're willing to play the game, I'll give you the pieces. That's basically what mm. he's saying, right? I'll surround you with what you need. And and it's been such a blessing because that's what the church is. The church isn't brick and mortar. It's not these buildings, even as beautiful as they are. It's these community of people. And when we pull out of that, we're, we're breaking off a finger, a toe of, of the body of Christ. And when we do that, it just leaves a wound. And what happens in that wound, there can either become great healing from, from the grace of God, or there can become infection when the devil goes into a spot like that and begins to infect the entire body. Every one of us has a role to play. And when you step out, you sit on the bench, when you get out of the game, when you're not competing for the faith, like we talked about last week, and you're getting mired down in loneliness, and it doesn't only hurt you, it hurts the body of Christ and the people that are surrounded by you. 
Right, and what I heard you say, step one is pray, right? Yeah. What's what's it? What another step? Well, we have to, we have to ache for God. Like that's the thing that ache in our heart, that loneliness is really an ache for God. We have to understand that anytime that we're in that depression or that or that desolate place, that is an ache for God. So don't be fooled by anything else the devil says. You are aching in your heart for God. Recognize it. Go to Him. Surrender everything to Him and start from there. You know, um, the next thing is pray. Like we talked about mm-hmm. with Padre Pio. Love your neighbor better. Get out of your own selfish ways. That's the thing about loneliness too. You get lonely, you start thinking about everything that you don't have, all this, how the, you haven't gotten a fair shake, all these things, and you become selfish and, and it, it allows us not to meet others where they need to be met. We, 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 we drop back into this isolation. We've gotta always be going out to others and doing for others. That'll keep us from being lonely because God will turn those, those moments of, of acts of kindness into relationships and friendships. And then also we have to be inviting to everyone around us. We never know where anybody is. You never know. A smile on your face to a guy leaving church or work or a restaurant or anywhere else could be the thing that keeps him from sticking a gun in his mouth that day. I'm not trying to be overdramatic, but that's just where we are in the world today. So every opportunity to, to put on the armor of God, like it says in the scriptures, to smile, to always exude that joy, even when you don't feel like it, because that's going to infect the others around them. And maybe even not even having a conversation with somebody. You don't even know that somebody lonely is watching you. But you're affecting somebody. I've had so many people come up, and I've never known that an article or a show or anything like that, they'd ever read it or seen it. But then that person comes up and says something, and it's usually a show that I thought wasn't that good, mm-hmm. an article that wasn't that good, but yet it touched somebody because we're always inviting. We're always reaching out to other people, whether through it's it's through this a medium like this, or just an interaction with somebody in your life. But it's always the way you carry yourself. When you walk around exuding joy and happiness and peace in your life, other people who don't have it see that it is a possibility. They want to know how it is, how that's happening, and that's the invitation. That is the the invitation to then share with them the charisma, to share with them the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, and to tell them that you don't have to be lonely, you don't have to be desolate, you don't have to feel the way you do, because there's someone that loves you And if you knew that, you would never feel like this again. So as we come to the close here, I hear that music, Victor. This is a tough subject. I know there's a lot of people out there dealing with loneliness. If you are, go to God, let Him love on you, and then He'll lead you to others that will do the same. So let's close in prayer, Victor. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, there are few things in life that are as hard as being lonely. Isolation is depressing and just what the devil wants for us. Help us to remember that it is not good for man to be alone. And Father, give us the desire to seek you out so that you can lead us to true community in our lives. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.